0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beelance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Not only do we have my co-host and Hall of Famer Steve Flink with me, but we also have on with us tonight Jay Wayne Richmond, the Tournament Director for the ATP Masters 1000 Western and Southern Open, but main stop for both ATP and WTA players as they prep for the last slam of the year, the U.S. Open. I'm excited to talk all things Western and Southern back in its usual location in Mason, Ohio. It is my privilege to welcome to the courtside with Bill and Tennis Pod, Western and Southern Tournament Director, Jay Wayne Richmond. Jay Wayne, thank you for uh taking time out of, uh, it's got to be a crazy schedule for you right now.
1: It is, but whenever I can get a chance to talk to Mr. Flank, I'll, I'll make time for that. He's He's an icon in our industry. And, he
0: absolutely yeah. is. And, you know, if he ever misbehaves, you know, like I said before, we'll, we'll cut him out, but I think he's going no, to no, 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 He was real no, fired no. up to talk with you tonight.
1: Steve's like I am. He can remember when tennis balls were white. So uh,
0: <laughs> incredible awesome. memory. He does. We're a lot um, of the
1: same territory and friends over the years.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. Believe me, I'm, I'm super happy Steve joining me with this. Um, I want to, before we, before we kind of talk about this year's tournament, Let's go back to last year's because um, I actually thought it was a brilliant idea. Us Midwesterners, you know, me being from Chicago, we were a little upset because we didn't have the tournament closer as normally in the Mason, Ohio area. But um, to have it in the bubble in New York right before the U.S. Open, I thought that was um, really, really smart with everything going on. Um, Talk a little bit about the organization uh, of the tournament last year and then bringing it back to its main headquarters um, this year. And then Steve, obviously chime in as well.
1: Yeah. I, I have to tell you, it's probably the most difficult thing I've ever been involved in, in all the different things I've been able or had the, the great fortune to do in tennis. And, you know, it was such a changing landscape every day. And, um, you know, we knew, well, first of all, we wanted to create a safe environment. Did it make financial sense? And could we, you know, at the end of the day, could we pull it off and keep everyone safe? And I, I have to give the credit really to the leadership of the USTA, you know, Michael Dowson and particularly Stacey Allister. She led us on a day-to-day basis. And we spent from about mid-June right up until kickoff in New York, almost every day on the phone with both tours. And we all joined hands and said, look, well, let's do this together. It was important to bring tennis back. I mean, it was really important. And obviously, there was a financial consideration because the U.S. Open drives the ecosystem in the U.S. I mean, the, the monies that, that, that the U.S. Open generates for the sections and, and tennis in this country in the industry is, you know, it's vital. And so we couldn't fill the entire hole, but we, you know, we kept a lot of those monies alive by being able to do a, t- a TV broadcast. And the challenge was no one knew how to deal with this. If you think about it, it's the only major event that was held during that time. We're bringing people from 60 or 70 countries. We had all the travel challenges. No one knew how to deal with COVID. How do we make people safe? Every day it was a changing landscape. One day, you know, we'd all be ready just to quit. We could, you know, we can't pull this off. And then I, again, I gotta give Stacy Allister credit. I mean, she really every day pushed us to get to the finish line. And if you look at the results and the fact that the Western Southern Open, you know, we were the first event there in New York. That week we went through all the challenges of bringing everybody in and dealing with the, the protocols and, and, and the, with the local health authorities. And we really got the players in a position that by the time we got to the US Open, they could really just play tennis because we had dealt with all the other, the other issues. And I just think it was really important. Um, I never got so many thank yous from players ever. And, you know, the U.S. Open is always at the end of the schedule. And by the time the players get to Cincinnati and particularly U.S. Open, they've had a long year. They're tired. They're beat up. Maybe just a little ornery. And this last year, they hadn't seen each other. It was almost like being at the Australian Open. It was like the first tournament of the year. And there was just... You know, everybody couldn't quite hug, but there are a lot of people that wanted to hug because the, the industry was back and pro tennis was back. So it was a really special moment, and uh, we pulled it off with very few positive cases. Uh, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's a week that I'll, I, I will never forget. It's just like every curveball that could be thrown at us got thrown at us.
0: Unreal. And Steve, you know, you Steve, Steve Flink lives up in the New York area. I mean, you thought... Uh, you would agree, right? Having that tournament in the bubble right before New York, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Wouldn't you agree?
2: It was a brilliant idea, but I, it gets back to what Jay Wayne was saying though. I, I have to admit as much as I wanted it to come off, I was worried sick that it wouldn't work, that there was going to be, the virus was going to spread and suddenly a lot of players were going to have it and they were going to unfortunately have to get, I, I was so impressed. Now, Jay Wayne gives all the credit to Stacey Allister and I'm a big admirer of Stacey Allister's. I think she did a fantastic job, but I think we, uh, I, I don't doubt for a minute that Jay Wayne had a lot to do with getting it off to a good start and making sure that the Cincinnati and New York portion was a big success because he's always been a man greatly respected by the players going back to his days at the ATP and he's built up a following and, and, uh, So I can only say that I I would not minimize his role in the success of the whole endeavor.
0: Well, well, kudos to Jay Wayne and his team and everybody. Cause I mean, just again, like you, you referred to the international travel, the element of that alone is just unbelievable and that you pulled it off. Um, Congratulations with that. It's now back um, at its normal location. You know, I have to bring it up, you know, you're, where when, when this episode gets released, we're about a week before the tournament, There's still there. There's still this variant going on right now. There's got to be so many different things that you and your team have to stay nimble on certain trend lines are not exactly how we want it to be right now. Um, how are you and your team holding up with, with, you know, again, when this is released, it's going to be a week away from the tournament.
1: Well, we've got a remarkable team in, in uh, Cincinnati, you know, Katie, Katie Haas is our, COO, and she's managing the day-to-day business. I've really been focused on, really, pretty much what we were doing this time last year. Um, and quite honestly, I thought it'd be a whole lot easier this year than it was last year. But with with what's happening currently, we're, you know, we're we're working even harder to make sure we keep people safe because I think we have a better understanding about what can happen. Um, same things are going on. I just hung up with both tours today, and we went through our checklist. I have. You know, UC Health, we have a, a lady there who is an infectious disease specialist, and she's dealt with it the last 18 months. So UC Health is part of our team. And then USC has a medical advisory group, and Dr. Kovacs, who's part of that, is on the team helping us get ready for Cincinnati. And, and it's the same formula. We're joined at the hand with, uh, hands with both tours, trying to figure out. They both have a little different protocol, so we're trying to kind of manage that. But our goal is to is to have a safe event again Uh, luckily we have a lot of vaccinated people uh fortunately the area around cincinnati is are heavily vaccinated counties uh there are you know they're starting to see some of the trends the rest of the country's seeing but not quite at the level because vaccination rates are higher but we're working on a bubble again the difference is the players don't want a 24-hour bubble it's it's just it, it should, it's been hard for everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, Steve, when you, it's the months that you were in New York and the, in your bubble, you know what that's like mentally and, and, and all. So we'll have a very tight bubble on site. We heavily tested. People working within the bubble will be vaccinated. So we'll have a very tight bubble on site. When they leave, you know, we got to hope that they'll be smart and be safe when they leave. But we'll be testing at a very high level And I'm sure we'll have a positive case. I think with the the way it's happening right now to not have a positive case would be unrealistic. And we've we've got procedures in place if we have a positive test, how to deal with that. We still got a lot of people coming in from a lot of countries, just like we did in New York. Actually, a lot of them make their first stop in Cincinnati before they go to New York. So our goal is to send a healthy player environment and the industry environment to New York because we need that financial US open to happen it's just too important to the ecosystem in the US so that's our that's our priority
0: that's 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 really crucial that you said that a lot of people would just say you know what he's just focused on his own cincinnati tournament that's it let's just get through it but it's not like you've emphasized what you just said your goal is to send a healthy crop of players and team to new york to finish out this year with the last slam because the last thing anyone wants is something that bad to happen and then they're off they're off to new york in two weeks It's crazy
1: well you know earlier Dave, when you said it was a smart decision that was part of the smart decision last year is we put everybody in one place so we're not moving those players right. to new york so when they leave cincinnati a lot of them will go off on their own some will go to cleveland some will go to winston-salem and someone's just going to New York to practice. So that group is gonna, we're gonna protect them for 10 days and they're kind of gonna be off on their own. And that that leaves me a little nervous, to be honest with you, with what's happening. If you, We'd had this conversation four weeks ago. I probably would have been a lot more confident in dealing with right. this than where I am today. But uh, the, our, our medical people tell me I'm a little old lady in this discussion. They feel like we have a great plan and we can keep people safe if they all work with us. and and. Uh, we plan to do that.
2: Jay Wayne, the procedures, you mentioned the procedures that you're going to have in place. Can you elaborate on that a little?
1: Well, first of all, uh, from a player or the player support team or ATP or WTA tour staff, they can't even get a credential to get on site until they have the negative test. And then we'll test those folks every three days. The other large contingent we have on, on the grounds are really the broadcast team. And a majority of those come in Production people come in from outside the US. So they'll be tested every two days. So there'll be stringent tests. And that group, the player group, will basically be in a bubble. They'll be pretty much segregated from the fan population in that. There'll be, you know, security, the practice courts when they're on the grounds. I mean, that's been one of the great things of Cincinnati, as you know, you can walk around the event, you got players walking to practice courts, you can be up close and personal. We're not going to be able to let them get as close this year. It, we just can't do that. Uh majority of the people that are working the event are vaccinated. So I think on site, Steve, we got a we got a pretty safe environment. It's great.
0: Terrific. Yeah, that is great. You know, with, with you being on, uh, uh we got to ask cause you have an unbelievable background in this industry and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I know you probably don't like to brag about yourself, but we're going to have to ask you to talk a little bit about, um, Oh, your background, because of your work with Adidas, the ATP tour, USTA, and now your work as the tournament director for this unbelievable tournament. Um, If you don't mind, walk us back a little bit. Tell us how you got into this industry.
1: I'm a, I'm a pretty lucky guy. Um, I went to uh, Belmont University in Nashville to try to play uh, basketball. And on that campus, I found out I wasn't good enough to play basketball, fell in love with tennis um played on the team we weren't great but we did have a team but i i fell in love with the sport and decided i wanted to work in tennis but this is 1974. there wasn't a tennis industry there wasn't a word like sports management or sports marketing didn't exist and i got really lucky and got hired by converse as their first tennis rep and i was going to be dealing with the uh, east coast and the gentleman that hired me called me and said, look, I found a guy for the East Coast. I can't find anybody for the West Coast when you go to California and do the West Coast. And I was so happy to have this job. Man, he could have sent me to Alaska, but it was <laughs> like sending uh, Forrest Gump to Los Angeles. You talk about a guy who was lost, never been to a pro tournament in my life, just started playing tennis, but no, I had taught and worked in the clubs in Nashville, but I wanted to be in the business. And, and I was lucky enough to go out there and and uh kind of cut my teeth as the industry was growing steve will get a kick out of this my boss calls me as soon as i get there and he says i was just in a meeting today with donald dell i had no idea who donald dell was he said we've just signed the converse tennis 10 i want you to go and meet these guys at la costa and figure out what we're going to do with them and take some equipment to them and so steve the lineup was charlie Passarel, barry mckay Paul Gherkin, Eric Van Dillen, Ismail El shafei Harold Solomon, uh, who am I forgetting? Tom Gorman and Paul Gherkin and Jim McManus. Wow. So that's the group that fortunately Forrest Gump got to start out with. And they basically felt so sorry for me that they took, took really good care of me until I got a, a chance to kind of be in the industry and and meet people and, and be at tournaments. And uh, that led me to get the uh, move over to Adidas, which, which was the premier tennis brand at that point.
2: Yeah. What year was Jay Wayne with Adidas? 79.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I became their first national uh, tennis director for, uh, for Adidas. And that's where uh, Stan and I became terrific friends. Um, I got to do the Rod Laver contract, who was my hero so it, it it was just it was just all magical at a time when the industry was just exploding tennis was so big in this country it, it was just a it was it was an amazing amazing time i always say to the, the young staff i wish you get to I, I wish that you could live the early 80s like we did in tennis in this country it, it was a it was a very special time and um so over that time Horst dossler uh, bought back all the distributors and created Adidas USA. So I became head of all promotion, all sports for, for Adidas. And unfortunately he passed away. And over the year prior to that, a guy by the name of Hamilton Jordan became the first CEO of the ATP. And at that time we had a pretty, pretty large license and marketing arrangement with the ATP. So I became good friends with Hamilton. And I was in New Jersey. I wasn't doing tennis full time. Horst Dossler passed. So I wasn't a real happy camper. And, camper. and uh, Hamilton asked me to come and join the ATP as their marketing guy. Moved to Pontevedra, which was really a difficult task. And uh, we were there about 90 days. And then 90 days later, we blew up the tennis game. And a handful of us, with Hamilton as our leader, created the ATP tour. And uh, so we spent the next year getting ready in 1990, we kicked off the ATP tour. And uh, that was a, that was an incredible time as well. I look back now and think about how we pulled that off. It was one of the great uh, con jobs of all time, but.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you had the right man, uh, Jay Wayne in Hamilton for sure. I mean, and and David, I don't know, you realize that Hamilton had worked for Jimmy Carter. What was he chief of staff, Jay Wayne? Mm-hmm. He, was a, he had a big title with, with well, Carter. Actually,
1: before that, Steve, he went to Governor Carter and said, You can't run as senator, you can't run as governor again. We, I can get you elected president of the United States. <laughs> and, and Jimmy Carter wasn't even being uh, considered for the Democratic nomination at that point. And the next time an election comes around, they usually talk about three or four of the great campaigns in history. And uh, Hamilton's is mentioned. So he got Jimmy Carter elected president.
2: If you ever have a chance,
1: go on C SPAN and, and listen to uh, Hamilton's memorial service, and President Carter will get up and talk about. Hamilton convinced him to run for president. But anyway, he was—he was a great. He had—he had the ability to look globally at people, and during that time, as we were trying to get everybody on board, he ran it like a political campaign. We—we we all had call contacts every day. The ATP was broke. If we don't start the tour, the ATP is out of business. And somehow we pulled that off in 1990. I think we had 70 something tournaments. We kicked it off, had a title sponsor, and. Uh, IMG had paid us about $56 million to do, to buy our TV rights in the world championships. And that's how we ended up in Europe with the world championships. So that was, that was a great time. But then, you know, Mark Miles came in as our CEO. And I still think is probably one of the best CEOs the tours ever had. He, he really found a way to listen and balance, balance between tournaments and players, which is, it's a really tough job. You never, you never went on either side because if you got both sides a little mad. You're probably doing a great job and and he was good at that and then uh, i was fortunate enough jim Curley asked me to come in and and uh help them just start the uh the u.s open series so i did that and that was 18 years ago so um and then here and this one's a little by accident i guess you know last year andre silva got uh, was pga tour uh recruited him and he's now the uh tournament director for the players championship And Stacy called and said you need to step in, do tournament director to help us move Cincinnati to New York and uh, I thought that would kind of be the end of it quite honestly but then going into this year we didn't know what would happen with the pandemic so she said look you know we don't know where it's going to end up we get us through another year from a tournament director's point of view and I told her I would she's been uh, She's been terrific to me and the USTA has been really terrific to me. So I just, I wanted a chance to help. So that's the boring career, David.
0: No, no, no. What a journey. No, thank you so much for sharing. That's so interesting. Um, yeah. Sincerely, thank you for, for sharing that. Let's bring it's it back. Good. Steve will tell
1: you the thing that, that I think the thing that's always connected, Steve and I, cause we've never been in the same place very much has been the people that we've had a chance to work with and know through the years. That's always been our connection.
2: And absolutely right absolutely right and and uh, you know jay wayne would contact me from time to time recently i wrote some pieces david on butch buckles and stan smith and some of the hall of famers and and uh, and jay wayne always has his finger on the pulse he says could you get me those pieces i'd like to see them you know he will have just seen butch or he will have just talked to stan and we do have a very common connection and the other thing i find interesting jay wayne is that my official start i had done some freelancing but my start at world tennis magazine and that launched my career full-time was 1974 also really good year old (laughs) (laughs) so we have that as well
0: i'm not going to tell you where i was in 1974 i Uh, may not have even been on this planet yet in 1974 (laughs) but we'll we'll
2: let that go (laughs) was ron bookman
0: there then steve
2: ron bookman hired me he hired me. I, he had, I had done some interviews for him, a couple of freelance pieces for World Tennis. And then he, he called me and, or he wrote me and said, what are you doing now? At which We're moving offices from Houston to New York. Would you be interested in a full time job? And I, I, I said, you, you bet I would. And so the timing was perfect because we, we started that just before the 74 U.S. Open. And Ron was the man responsible. So I owe a lot to him. Awesome. Uh, both Got of it. you
0: both of you have had incredible incredible
2: careers um, Dave this man that that uh, just quickly that that uh, that Jay Wayne just brought up Ron Bookman who was a really a, a had worked at WCT and then he came to world tennis and was a great editor and he taught me a ton of things in those years and then he came back to Texas to the ATP and died tragically I think 45 or 46 years old in in a in a bike accident uh, it was just. One of the saddest things, because he, he did so much for the game on, on so many fronts. So I'm sure you'd agree with that, Jay Wayne.
1: Well, you know, Steve, not to, not to digress much, but Ron Bookman was, was really special. And when Hamilton wanted, he wanted to hire Brian Godfrey and run the new tennis facility for me to do marketing, and he wanted Steve Simon to be part of the marketing team and we all came to Pontevedra to see where this new home was the new atp home was going to be built and ron it was ron and hamilton that hosted us over the weekend and when he, when ron got home he sent a note to me that i got a day after he had, unfortunately we lost him in that bicycle accident and the note said we'd really like you to come to work for the atp but if if your wife susie will come we'll be okay just with her coming over <laughs> so that, I have I have that note from Ron and and uh, and it, losing him because he was he would have been part of our group that would have started the tour.
0: That's a nice memory. That's a really really nice memory to have. Um,
1: yeah. And obviously Brian came. Brian came. What's Steve Simon doing now? He's uh, what CEO of the WTA tour.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. He's doing something a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so David, to, to just boy, a minor he, job. My, my favorite thing about my Adidas. Uh, tennis team was Dave Brewer ran professional side for me and Steve Simon ran the community tennis side. And we had about the best team in the industry during those years together. We were, we were pretty good, pretty good team. Yeah.
0: No, that's great. Thank you again. Thanks for sharing all that. I want to bring it back. And and again, I appreciate your time for doing this tonight. I want to bring it back before we end to this year's event. Um, You know, I'll ask you obviously every year you get top ATP and top WTA players anything you want to really uh give a shout out to with this year's event I mean everybody's again so happy that these events are happening so um I'll let you kind of take us out here a little bit
1: well I think I told you early before we went on here this would be my 41st year at Cincinnati I'm counting New York last year and Paul Flory was the heart and soul of that event And it started out as a community event and volunteers were always a priority. And we had a volunteer uh, gathering last week and everybody is so fired up to be back in Cincinnati and the fans will be back. It's, uh, I think it just starts with everybody. It's gonna be a homecoming and everybody's just excited to come back. We can't do a lot of the fan engagements like we have in the past, but every player is signed up to come. I mean, the women's Lineup is like one through fifty, and the men's side's the same. I mean, we don't know exactly what Roger's going to do, but we've heard from Serena, and we've heard from Novak, and we've heard from Andy Murray. I mean, everybody else is coming. It's going to be a phenomenal week of tennis. It's going to be a homecoming, the food court, and all the great things. You know, it's like I said earlier, it's like a great con- big time country fair with all the best tennis players in the world, and all that's going to happen again. And we all really miss being there last year. And I just think the excitement of just being back is gonna be incredible. And I think even for the players, we're gonna have 100% fan participation and attendance. It's gonna be special. And I think there's gonna be a real sense of gratitude by the players and people like myself who have a history there. I think Paul, Paul will probably be smiling on kickoff day there. I'm pretty sure.
0: I'm sure and I uh, personally I can't wait to get there. I, I told you before too before we started uh, in the record button. I'm actually bringing my parents down for a couple of days too. So awesome. We can't awesome. wait to get down there and again I know you're super busy. Um tickets are still available at um wsopen.com so check it out. It's an incredible tournament. Uh, I can't sell it enough. I mean, you got every, all the players were there. And even though you won't get, be able to be as close as you may have been in previous years, you're still going to have unbelievable experiences seeing yeah. the very best in the world. Jay Wayne, thank you. Steve, as always, thank you for joining. Um, this was fun. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, thank great. you. Dave. Enjoyed it. Same here. Thank you so much.